Welcome back, everybody, to another fun-filled episode of the We Are Adult Show, brought to you by Hoppyhead Productions. I'm your host, Sean. Other host, Danny. How you doing outside of uh, attacking people on Facebook? Ah. <laughs> Social media says everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, your friend commented. I'm like, oh, Danny's in a mood tonight. Bring on the sass. Mm-mm. You saw that, huh? Yeah. I was going to talk about that today, actually. Mm. Um, you know, in regards to another topic of discussion on the list of topics <laughs> of discussion. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I am a... Uh, I was wondering, because like, I saw a couple other people I know kind of jumped on the bandwagon of the post that I posted on, so I was wondering, I'm like, I didn't even think about um, that it showed up, my sass showed up for everyone to see. Yeah. But that guy I was mean, kind it was of... A, it was a well-played comment, though. Like, it was, uh, I like, you know, that it's like that the, the meme where it zooms in, it's just the guy that looks back and just smiles and starts nodding. That's how I, that's how I felt last night before bed. Nice. Yeah, so, but, real quick, uh, I, uh, I'm actually doing, like, well, I guess. I don't know. It was weird. I got my first, uh, first, um, installation of the co- of the tracking chip installed because, you know, they need to install a tracking chip into us because we don't have, we haven't done it voluntarily ourselves with our cell phones and social media and cameras in our house and cameras on our front door and, you know, <laughs> Alexas and other listening devices that we installed in our houses you know, it's, it's it's weird how all the people that post, like, I don't want to get a vaccine. I don't want to get that tracking chip posted from my smartphone, you know, to Facebook. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, you got no words. Yeah. So, I, you know, when I was, I was waiting and I, when the, the, the nurse came and gave me the shot, she asked if I had any questions and um, I just had two basic ones one was that i uh, i was like i saw this video on the tiktok i don't know if it was just you know actually because sometimes tiktok can be informative and some sometimes it isn't um but he said that like one of the things after getting your uh, vaccination shot is to um kind of keep your arm moving for a little while like move it throughout like randomly a little bit here and there after you get the shot to kind of cut down on the um soreness of the shot because that's one of the side effects everyone gets is arm soreness mm-hmm. and she confirmed that that was true and the other one i asked was do i how long do i have to like abstain from drinking alcohol <laughs> you know asking the hard-hitting questions that are important to me so I, don't want, I don't want my arm to hurt and i want to drink a beer yep <laughs> true the rest and of it fuck it there's no warnings against drinking alcohol from the pfizer shot but she said, on a personal note, she um, she went out with some friends and had some beers after she got the shot, and she woke up the next day with a headache. So she's like, if you do drink beers, just make sure you get extra hydrated. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool. And so one of my, I got one of the minor side effects, like, and I minorly was like a little bit of nausea. So I'm like, yeah, like later that night, I'm like, I don't think I want to drink anything anyway. So we <laughs> shot one, Danny zero. <laughs> I only had soreness in my arm. I was good. <clears throat> I didn't have any effects. Like, and it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't like I thought I was going to throw up and had to run to the bathroom or anything. It was just more a thing of my, uh, I just wasn't feeling, I had like a general feeling of unwellness in a mild way. And it also could have been psychosomatic. Like, it was so minor, it could have been just psychosomatic. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. Speaking of uh, drinking the beers, Sean, what are you drinking today? I pulled out one of my special sour beers. So it is, um, Bo- it's from a Bozeman Brewing Company out in Montana. So I was going to say, that sounds like Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. It's so... weird how I know random stupid cities and random stupid states. <laughs> <laughs> like why do i know bozeman is montana like is there a tv show or something based on there i don't know great question who knows <laughs> uh it is a meta metaphoric flander style red 
Uh, it's a wild ale fermented with cherry. So this thing is um, pretty beastly. They spent a lot of, a lot of time on this one. So uh, they've aged it for 47 months in French and American oak, then finished in uh, Westland whiskey barrels for eight months. Cherries were added late in the process to maintain their rich character. The depths of flavors are endless in this beer. Hiya! Make sure you pour. Pour carefully. Serve best at 45 degrees. I'm assuming Fahrenheit. Dude, I don't know if I'd want to drink that beer. That sounds like torment. Like, you're just going to be tasting that beer for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, it's endless. Like, it's like every time you burp, like, you'll burp like 10 years later and you're like, oh, fuck, it's that beer again. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a nice red hue to the beer. I mean, when you when you smell it, you can smell the sour sourness. You smell the the oakiness, some cherry in there. So you get you got the sight, you got the uh, the smell going on. And you just got that beautiful sour barrel age blend coming together on the taste, like. Um, like the cherry is there, it's subtle, but it's it's definitely a more barrel and soury taste that you get um, throughout the course of the whole sip. So from beginning to end, you just get it's like sour and nice oakiness. It's a uh, it's another beer I got off of uh, Tavor, um, so I was lucky to get a bottle, but man. This is pretty solid, Andy. I would definitely recommend this one. You know, it's funny. I listen to a lot of other podcasts. Too many, actually. Yes. Like, like I go into work for overtime, not because I need the money or even want the money necessarily, but so I can get caught up on podcasts. Because <laughs> you can't do it at home. I don't, like, I have other stuff to do at home. I have to catch up on Animu. Animu? And Death Note. <laughs> you know, speak real quick. So, you know, adding, like, the wrong vowel apparently that's the millennial thing i watch this dude and he's like on tiktok and he kind of takes the roles of gen z millennials and gen x and they that one that one where they made both gen x and gen z were making fun of the millennials for like doggo and all that stuff at putting the wrong vowels at the end of uh words but then they also came apparently there's a new term sean and i think you might fit into this group yeah the geriatric millennial <laughs> that apparently some millennials are taking offense to because they don't want to be called geriatric. But that's what Gen Z considers you. Because remember when you were a kid and you thought, like, you're like, how old are you? And it's like, I'm 25. And it's like, are you going to die soon? Because you're old. <laughs> so, like, if you're, like, one of the first year or two, couple years of being, two or three years of being a millennial, you're now considered to be a geriatric millennial. Well, nobody cares about Gen Z anyway, so. <laughs> they will when they're putting you guys in nursing homes. <laughs> I'll fight them. They're old, old man, millennial. <laughs> in my day, we just had Destiny 2. We didn't have Destiny 06. Uh, I know, but in Destiny 6 and Destiny 2, you're still fighting the same... Um, villains over and over again, just recycling them for each season. All, there's four seasons to a year. There's four types of villains in Destiny. I think I figured out the code. <laughs> uh, I sur I survived a global pandemic. What do you do? <laughs> and two recessions. <laughs> and and uh, infinite war. Oh man. Ah, uh, but yeah. I oh, was there when Tony died. <laughs> I knew I had a bit more in there. My point about the overtime and podcasts is on those podcasts, you know, they always they go. Someone goes to mention a thing, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No free spot, no free ads, no free ads." Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think we have enough listeners. Like, like, <laughs> I feel guilty taking somebody's money for an ad. <laughs> and if they paid us per listen or whatever, then it's like cool. We can almost buy something. We got ourselves a nickel. We're going to build our own hotel. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we had a time machine and the money we got from a podcast sponsorship, if we had one, then we could go back in time to when candy bars were a nickel and buy one. Yes. Oh, man. Screw that, man. I would just go back in time when Dogecoin was like less than a cent and just buy it all. Buy a nickel's worth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes me it makes me think like if you know something, you're going to you're gonna alternate uh you're gonna alter the history because you're gonna make such a major influence change that people are gonna be skeptical versus what just normally happens. So you, if you're going to do change, if you are going to do something, you have to be a little bit more careful about it. You can't just go in and, you know, buy a million dollars worth of uh, Dogecoin because then everybody's going to be very... Because it'll, it'll, it'll raise the it'll, price right away and then everyone else will buy it. And I don't know. It'll, I mean, it might go up faster or sooner, but... Or maybe nobody will buy it because everybody will be... Right. I'm sure. If you go back and just buy, like... A couple bucks of it or something like that at, at less than a penny. Yeah. Man. Or you or you know buy Home Depot stock when it was twenty five, only twenty five dollars. You know, twelve years, eleven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the problem. Like UPS stock was never that low. It was always hovered around like seventy dollars plus, fifty, sixty dollars plus. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, thanks for asking, Sean, but I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, man. So, we're starting a little bit earlier today, and it works out because I actually set aside and bought, well, bought and set aside uh, breakfast beer. Uh, there's a new, uh, there's not, I guess not new, but uh, new in the fact that it's my, the first time purchase, purchasing from their uh, bottle shop. I thought it was closer to where I worked because it's in uh, Fontana. Yeah. But it was a little bit of a journey. It was like 20, 20 25 minute trip to get there. Called oh, wow. Red Carpet Liquors. Um, they have a really good selection for how little they have. They have like just one little wall of freezer doors or cooler doors yeah. of craft beer. Yeah. Um, but the beer that I picked, and that's actually, there's two beers that they posted on their social medias. Um, and that's why I went there. And one of them I picked is um, from. Weldworks Brewing in Colorado. It is like they have a, a sour wheat ale series where they just have different flavors. And this one is called Bam Bam Rubble Rubble. And it is a fruity rice cereal. It is a, like I said, a sour wheat ale brewed with fruity rice cereal, strawberry, milk, sugar, vanilla, and marshmallow. So it's, a, it's supposed to be basically. Um, a take on uh, Fruity Pebbles. Hence the Bam Bam Rubble Rubble. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm a little disappointed. I thought it would come out like a color, but it's just, an, I guess, beer, more beer color with a little bit of kind of reddish hue to it, more orange. But you can definitely smell the marshmallows and the strawberries. That's nice. Oh, man. I yeah. feel like sometimes marshmallow doesn't translate well. It sometimes doesn't. It just I guess it depends on what you're using it as. Like if and like uh, I guess the other flavors that it accompanies with. Oh. Oh yeah, there it goes. So like your fir the first drink of it is sweet. But then after a couple seconds the sa the tart from the sour wheat ale kicks in. Like I'm like it's not not in a bad way, but like my, my mouth is like saliv salivating from the sourness of it. But it definitely it definitely tastes like like I don't know like I can't describe find a good way to describe it because it almost tastes like um, the first taste tastes like the milk after drinking like fruity pebbles or a fruity cereal. But then you get that sour on the back end. Ugh. That is that is a. Uh, it's weird and good all at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. They've, I mean, they, this is, I guess, their signature, one of their signature, not flavors, but lineups. The sour wheat ale, and they always have like fun, colorful cans. Um, 
says, keep cold, drink now. Now is like high emphasized and in cursive instead of block letters. So I didn't drink it. I didn't drink it as soon as I picked it out of the store shelf. I messed up. It was canned on April 2nd of 2021. So it's a little over a month old. Not too bad. Uh, only 4.9% alcohol by volume. It definitely has an ABV of something you can drink all day, but I don't know if you would want to drink this all day just because of the sourness of it and the diabe- impossible effects of diabetes. <laughs> the diabetes. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't mind um, not having all your toes or feet, then it's not that bad. Which I can tell you, because of other reasons, that you know it does kind of suck at times to be missing one of your uh, toes at when it like randomly starts hurting. So you don't want to do that. It's not fun. (laughs) Oh man. Speaking of not fun, Sean. So last week we talked about the Instagram user and brewer, um, Rhett magnet and her seemingly like harm, like not innocent, but definitely, I don't think she expected, um, all of the um, uh, drama to come out of it. Her question of what what sexist comments have you experienced working at a brewery or at a, like a festival, and then just all, got all these stories of you know abuse and you know harassment and assault, and so it continued like through the whole week. Like it wasn't just the weekend thing. Like she got more stories. She got. Of course, she got threats. She got threatened to be sued. Um, a lot of some breweries kind of gave, and some of the people named kind of gave out the the not sorry so- apologies, where it's like, "I'm sorry that you were offended by what I did. I did not mean anything by those actions," kind of a thing. And it's like, "Wait, were, are you sorry that you did them? Or are you sorry that they were upset by it?" Like, and it's like, I was not aware. And it's like, "What do you mean you weren't aware? Would you do that to like, like?" A family member? No, then it's probably not cool to do to somebody else, you know. Um, and so she kind of like by the mid, like partway through the week, she got more people to kind of help her with the stories because she was said she was just getting overwhelmed. Um, some of the more positive, I guess, in a way, responses. Um, Modern Times, their employees uh, held a work stoppage day until their CEO st- stepped down, and so basically the two founders of Modern Times stepped down. Um, a few other places, their CEOs and either stepped down or they fired, actually fired the people that were named um, by multiple people. Um, the one thing that everyone's kind of upset about is the Brewers Association that does, they throw um, like the Great American Beer Fest and they're supposed to be there basically to protect the brewers. And as uh, another Instagram handle I follow, uh, the Wart Wrangler pointed out, he says that they're not. Um, He's like, they're supposed to be there to protect us, but they've shown that they're not. They're here basically just to collect money and to hand out uh, awards for people to pat themselves on the back at beer festivals. Um, but basically their response was, um, yeah, brewers shouldn't do that. And um, we're all, and as, as our way to show support for the people that have been, that have been, uh, that have suffered from these um, horrible instances, um, we're going to go ahead and offer everyone a, a 50% discount on our uh, sexual harassment training courses. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I just don't even know, man. So, it's yeah. Crazy. It's crazy, this fucking world, man. And before they, like, even responded, um, the Wart Wrangler made a meme of a guy, like, poking the logo with a stick. The, cra- the Craft Brewers Guild Association or whatever, Brewers Association logo with a stick. And he was like, do something. <laughs> and they, they, took a while, they took a while to respond. Like, they didn't respond until, like, Wednesday or Thursday. And their response was, hey, um, yeah, have 50% off. <laughs> oh, and That's- so... um. That'll take care of everything. Right. And so, um, you know, you mentioned me getting a little um, snarky on Facebook. So there's a story that's been going around through the NPR's uh, Facebook page about this little 
this punk group. Well, I guess I guess uh, a punk? band that plays punk music because they're not punks, yeah. they're kids that play punk music. I was yeah. phrasing it wrong. Couldn't think of how to do it right. But um, phrasing? Are we phrasing? We're we're trying it. We're trying it for once. We're doing it now. Because <laughs> they're not. I mean, they might be punks. You know, according to you know um, Cheech and Chong, you don't got to know how to play, man. It's just punk rock, dude. All you got to do is be a punk, man. We can do that. <laughs> and then kick into the and then whenever I hear that I always think of the Voodoo Ghost Call song that it intros. So what so so where does where does the grunge line go to? Because I thought I didn't I should have th- I I when I was thinking I was like this is a little grungy for me not that it was like a little too punky for me. I mean to me and I and I um I confirmed it with friend of the show Solisnack who is an expert on the subject or at least the closest thing I know to an expert on the subject. Of, so he's like um, a weeb, but for music. No, no, of uh, Scott Pilgrim fandom. Oh, gotcha. And to me, it sounded totally like something that um, the um, the Bobombs would play with the like just everything distorted and sounding like just heavy, like crunchy, just the heavy distortion. Yeah, that's. True. I was expecting like the drummer to start with the, like start clicking her sticks. One, two, three, four. You know. Yeah. So he did. He confirmed that I was correct in my um, hearing that that I heard a lot of Scott Pilgrim. Um, I guess the grunge is that it's not sad. Maybe. Maybe. And it's a little too fast to be grunge. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's. It, I mean, it definitely has some like like Scott Pilgrim is like I guess somewhere between punk and grunge, punge or grunk. <laughs> if rappers can get crunk, then white people from Seattle can get grunge, crunge. Prunk, I don't know, man. But uh, so basically, the story like was that was told about why the song was written is that um, one of the girls in the band was approached by a kid her age and found out that you know she was Asian and basically said some racist stuff. So the song is like uh, sexist, racist boys go away or something. Like, right? I should have had this open already because I sent it to you. So you would be prepared, and then I was like, watch, watch him not be prepared, and then I'm not prepared. Pot, meat, kettle, right? A little while. So, sex, racist, sexist boy by the Linda Lindas. And so, on one of the posts, this guy, he's like, these, these girls are too young to know what sexism is. Like, this is just another example of girls being indoctrinated to just repeat what they've heard. And, you know, the boy, he didn't know what he was doing. He was just copying his parents. And so I replied, I'm like, so wait, are you are you saying that they're too young to experience sexism or they just need to be a certain age to be aware of what sexism is? And of course, you know, he didn't reply. He didn't reply to anybody. Like, <laughs> like you know, and I'm sure in his mind, he's probably like, I'm going to trigger these snowflakes. And then you read all the comments replying to him. It was more a thing of like, are you are you an idiot? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, or like a couple of women were like, Whoa, whoa, whoa! When I was that age, I was aware of when people tre- that people were treating me different because I was a girl. Like, is something wrong? Was that indoctrination, or is something wrong with me? <laughs> oh man! So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this song move. Gotcha. Never mind. They did do the one, two, three, four. I forgot yeah. about that. So yeah, they must be huge Scott Pilgrim fans. <laughs> yeah, we just need a Michael Sarah cameo of him jumping around playing bass at some point. Only to fit in with the Scott Pilgrim aesthetic, not because the girl can't play bass, but because, or at least she should have jumped around like a fish, like he did. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah, check them out. They're on YouTube, and apparently, I didn't look, but friend of the show, Solid Snack, also said that they were signed to Epitaph Records. So I don't know if uh, them they were already signed, and that's kind of how they got the like the exposure of playing in the library and all that, or if. You know, like any good record label, they see somebody that plays music that plays music well, getting attention. They're like, "Whoa, they've already kind of made a name for themselves, and they don't suck." Let's sign them. 
like we we already we they they've already done two of the two steps of the part of making a record and becoming a band is making a name for yourself and uh, not sucking. Uh, but um, you know, one of the things also to come out of this whole rap magnet um, situation is. You know, I see people on social media that are um, allies saying that we need to give women a voice or we need to give minorities a voice. And I was sitting there reading all these comments while I was waiting to be picked for a jury, right? And, yes. uh, you know, the one phrase I hate the most, and my wife uses it, and, I, and, and she doesn't understand why I hate it, is the phrase, I was only trying to help, is because that phrase usually follows... Um, them not doing something right or messing something up and then not wanting like not wanting to take responsibility or apologize for their actions like well it's your fault i was just trying to help and I was like, <laughs> yeah but i really told you like not like the way to help is not to do anything or just to do it like this and now i gotta go through and redo what you did well i was just trying to help yeah but you didn't help but then yeah. like now my new like like my second phrase that i dislike is to give people a voice <laughs> we just need to give women a voice. So we need to give minorities a voice. So we need to give, and it's like, dude, they already have a voice. You just don't fucking about, listen. Like, yeah, when they talk, we don't like, oh yeah, that sucks, or like ignore them or anything, because that seems to be the heart of a lot of the stories that are coming out of the post on Rat Magnet is where it's like, yeah, this bad shit happened to me, and I told people, and they like. We're like, oh, yeah, that's just who he is, or that's how he is. Maybe you should just avoid him from now on. And it's like, but you're going to allow this dude to get away with being a dick to people <laughs> because that's, quote, unquote, who he is? And so, or, like, you know, the other one is, like, when the Me Too movement happened and, like, a couple of people actually kind of got enough traction to where they were being paid attention to, and all, all of a sudden all these other voices started coming out. And people were, you know, people are coming out, I mean, and uh, saying that the same thing happened to them. And they're like, well, why didn't you say anything before? And it's like, we did. You Just nobody, like, paid attention to us or they dismissed us. You know, and I'm not, like, sitting here saying that, you know, any accusation needs to be, you know, immediately, um, like, um, the person being accused needs to immediately be prosecuted. Because um, one of the breweries that was named is uh, in this was a Wiley Roots also in Colorado, like literally right around the corner from Weldworks. Mm-hmm. And I guess they had paperwork or whatever, and they provo- showed, um, they got in contact with Rat Magnet. She posted a thing where she said that they um, basically showed that what they were accused of like, didn't happen the way the person told the story. Like, and, um, but before that, even she was like, you know, making false claims. Not only does it hurt you, but then it actually hurts all the people that have legitimate claims because there could be hundreds of legitimate claims and there's one false claim and every and the people that and there will be people that will just focus on the one false claim and it'll kind of hurt the uh, the cause, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, that's 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 the other phrase I hate is uh, and I posted a thing like that on our Instagram story. Follow us on Instagram at Hobbyhead Productions. Do also, Tavor, sponsor us, senpai. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> we, we want to go back in time and buy that Dogecoin. We need, to, we need to sponsorship money to make that happen. Uh. Um, so, a new um, Star Wars series debuted on Disney Plus as we're wait and as we're waiting for the launch of Loki, Loki on June 11th. It's a an animated series, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, mm-hmm. and it follows a group of clone troopers, basically, um, and they're and they're basically fleeing from the Empire. So, if you watched Star Wars, like the Clone Wars, basically, you'll know more of the characters and some of like, more why some of the characters have like uh, more weight to their name and who they are. Um, like in the newest episode, there's a bounty hunter, and I just know she's a a bounty hunter, and, and she looks like the same one that was in episode three that tried to kill um, Queen Amidala or Padme Amidala. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, she kind of goes after one of the characters in the show. But the way the show, but I haven't watched the Clone Wars, so I kind of I know what's going on, but I know enough of Star Wars to know what the Clone Wars were, what Order sixty six is, 
and some of the more basic characters. And so these clones were basically genetic variations that were intentionally made by the Kaminos. Um, they all kind of have their own like um, individual skill. Like one's like adapted tracking and hunting, goes by the clever name of Hunter. Um, <laughs> one, um, you know, basically is like strong. He's a brawler. He goes by the clever name of Wrecker. Um, and so there's four that were like. Um, modified clones and there's one who was a, a standard clone trooper but he basically almost died and then was mostly replaced with um machine parts mm-hmm. and so he kind of joined the group and it takes place like right there's a battle going on between the jedi and the clones and and well the, the jedi and the you know the the robot troopers yeah and the this uh the um, the Jedi sent her pat, uh, Padawan to go get reinforcements, and he comes back. He's like, "I got, I got help, I got help," and they're like, uh, "The commander of the clone, tro- clone troopers were like, well, where are they? Well, how many did you get?" And he's like, five and they're like, "Um, yeah, we're dead." And the Jedi's like, "Well, I hate to ask, but um, where are they?" And all of a sudden, you hear like shit falling down like a hill on the side of where the, um, the separatists are, the mm-hmm. droids. And they just come out and they just start fucking shit up, the five of them. <laughs> um, and they all have like different armor and they kind of look, you know, have kind of a different look. Like they. And this look, has nothing to do with. Have... Yeah, this has nothing That's... to do with the clone game that came out, right? The command, like I don't remember if you, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was like it was like a group of four, that was like special ops. I don't think so. No. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, and so they come out and they just kind of just basically like destroy all the droids and kind of send them like running to retreat and um and they come up and they are like the hunter is kind of the leader of the group and he's like, hey um I'm not gonna I don't want to tell you guys what to do but maybe you should chase after them before they regroup and the clone <laughs> clone, clone commander's like we only take orders from the Jedi and the Jedi's like um yeah what he said. <laughs> and so I, they go to run off, and the and the um, the Padawan's gonna go with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you you see in the background, um, order order sixty six being executed, mm-hmm. and so they basically start shooting at the um, the Jedi and the Padawan kind of comes back to save them, and they weren't affected by it because of their um, they don't either don't have the chip or it wasn't like it was just um, it doesn't affect them as strong. Yeah. So they're basically that's the excuse of why the, all the clone troopers turned on their Jedi from Order sixty six. It wasn't because like they're dumb they're... robots or something like that. They had some sort of a mind control chip implanted in them. Mm. Um, order X. Order X. Execute. Yes. There you go. You had the voice right. You I, had the order. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I watched it. Execute Order 66. Everybody's dying. And then there's like a scene where Yoda's just like twitching around like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yes. And so the Padawan um, like takes off and he's like, wait, wait. They're like, they, and, um, but one of the, one in the group, his, uh, um, chip kicks in a little bit stronger than the other ones. And so he starts kind of repeating a phrase, I guess, that they used in the Clone Wars when execute. 66 um, kicked in where it was like all good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, like him and the leader went after the kid and the guy's like, the, kid, the leader's like, we're not going to hurt you. And then all of a sudden the the, sh- the other one is their, the, the um, sniper and he sh- takes a shot at the kid and the kid, he's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, all good soldiers follow orders. And he's like, whoa, whoa, let's figure out, we don't even know what order is going on. What's going And so they end up getting separated from the one. And so he kind of goes and gets his um, chip basically um, rewired. So he's under full command of the empire. He kind of takes command of a group of soldiers. And I guess he's going to be chasing them, even though we're like four episodes in and they've only had one interaction with him when they're trying to escape and try to rescue this one girl who's a clone who is also like an enhanced clone like them. Wait, there's a female clone. Yeah. She's like, a little kid, what and then the like fuck? the Caminos basically made them for like for themselves. Gotcha. But I don't, so I don't know what the purpose, what her purpose was going to be. Yeah, that's some weird shit going on. Hmm. But it seems like at least Curious. for the basis of the show, she's the 
character that is the audience where they explain. Yeah, it, yeah it ha- there has to be some purpose because, like, even even Boba Fett is a clone, but he was like picked, you know, from Django. Right. So there's got to be. Like, he was like a clone, but he was like like made to um, Django's spe- specifications. Correct. Yeah. And so. We'll see. I mean, it's it's a good show. It's got a lot of good action. Um, outside of the first episode, there hasn't been any Jedi, so I don't know if they're going to make an appearance. I know a lot of people were like excited about the Mandalorian because they're like finally a show without Jedi, and then of course you know a Jedi shows up. Not only a Jedi, but the the Jedi, the Skywalker shows up. Yeah, there was two so, Jedi's. Oh, two. You're right, two. But the one, the main one that people were kind of upset about is like shit. We got to. I got. We, I thought we got we're done with the Skywalkers. I forgot about Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, but they also had to like find a way to make um, bring her into so they can introduce her show that's coming out. True. I, I didn't mean, realize that's kind of her time felt like it felt yeah. like a preview of coming attractions. Yeah, I didn't realize didn't go... she was still alive in the Skywalker in in Luke's timeline. I mean, she would have like yeah, because. She was youngish when she would have been like um, the his Padawan, and she basically walked away from the Jedi. And so I think that's a lot of the reason why she wasn't on their radar for Order yeah. sixty six. At least that's the the story, the fan stories that aren't officially canon. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but so during so she was around like during the Clone Wars and like left. Yes, because she was um, Anakin Skywalker's uh, Padawan. We got you. And so, and on, in the TV show, The Clone Wars, the first few seasons, nobody liked her. And then as the show kind of went on, she, they kind of gave, like, Dave Filoni took over and kind of gave her more of a personality. And people are kind of already comparing the girl in the Bad Batch to the beginning seasons of um, Ahsoka. And so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they, like, how they turn her around. Oh, and also Dave Filoni basically got put in place of all... Star Wars for Disney. Got you. So interesting. Hopefully, um, they leave him alone a little bit, like they did Kevin Feige. Like, um, because Kevin Feige, I'm not saying he he can do no wrong, but his his um the tapestry he weaves definitely fits together. So hopefully, giving one person a co co or coercive uh, uh position, cohesive position, not coercive, cohesive position with Star Wars that actually um loves the material and cares about it hopefully that'll uh make stuff in the future better hopefully do we? Oh, man. you know one of the things about the star wars fandom that can both be amazing and suck is the fans yes um you know when you talk about they talk about like I always see these things pop up and they talk about like either just an anime or just like nerdy stuff in general the most toxic fans and um it's crazy how, like, um, I was watching one on anime, and it was, like, Attack on Titan. Like, the top, I can remember, like, in order in all of them, but I think, like, the top five included, like, a talk, Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, Fairy Tale. It's like, dude, why, why is everybody so, like, mean to other people in the fandom? <laughs> Who knows? But, I, like, I saw this this uh, social media post somebody did of their little kid, probably toddler age, and, a, like, uh, kind of, it wasn't the best made costume, but it was still fucking cute of a, of a kid of their kid in a Dalek costume and like he had like a whisk in one hand and something else in the other hand and the person was like shitting on the costume like they're like it was supposed to be like top tier cosplay quality like first of all you know this is wrong about the co- about the costume and then the second of all they're holding the, the the thing in the wrong hand they should switch hands of the whatever the things they're holding in hands you know any real fan of Doctor Who is just cringing at this picture you should just take it down and stop calling yourself a fan of the show. Jesus. To which um, Neil Gaiman responded, um, noted uh, both um, graphic novel and comic writer Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman, um, who also, I guess, should be noted uh, Doctor Who episode writer because he wrote two episodes of Doctor Who <laughs> and basically told the guy to, you know, fuck off in the most British way possible, which probably <laughs> included the word hunt. 
<laughs> oh man. But yeah, so there's a on YouTube and, and it's run by um it's kind of community driven. It's run by they have a Patreon called it's called Bucketheads the movie. Um they only have the prequel out and basically it takes place right at the end of episode six. So the prequel is they're on indoor fighting and they kind of show how like vicious the Ewoks were more than more so than like episode six actually did. Um, cause like as someone pointed out that for the fact, the fact that they had addressed that fit, fit uh, princess Leia meant that at some point they found and ate someone that was the same size as princess Leia to get the dress from her. <laughs> cause it's not like the Ewoks had like a princess Leia dress store or people that make dresses, right? No, not at all. So where would they have gotten the dress from? Uh, who knows? They found from the dress. last, yeah, from the last uh, cr- victims that they uh, took a hold of. Yeah, from some point, somebody, somebody they ate for dinner because that's what they were going to do to them. I mean, they had Han Solo literally shilling over the spit, and you know the way like George Lucas did it in the Episode Six. It was like, ha ha, look at those cute little bears going to eat people. And it's like, how is <laughs> Bears, like, eating people ever cute. Who knows? And so they're kind of <laughs> fighting, and they, you know, against the rebels, and um, they're, like, end up having to retreat back to the um, shield bunker because they're kind of getting overwhelmed. And then as they're running back, the Death Star explodes. And so that's kind of where the, the first one ended. It's about 12, 13 minutes long on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucketheads, the movie. Um, I kind of, I think I want, this is like one of the first things I want to Patreon support, like really, because one of the tiers that gives you a, uh, like challenge coin mm-hmm. from the squadron that's going to be in the actual TV show. Nice. But it's, it's, it's more better made. Well, it's so well made that like you wouldn't think it's independent, like a fan film. It's like the, you know, it looks a lot better than some of the DC shit. <laughs> the live action DC. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like saying much, but it's a, it's saying a thing. Fair enough. Oh, oh man, so I uh finally I bought you know I bought the um. Voodoo Glow Skull is a new album, Sean. Live in the Apocalypse. Nice. You know, um, they have a new lead singer. And unless you um, like play some of their older stuff, like side by side to the newer stuff, you really can't tell that much that there is a new um, singer. Right? Because um, Frank Casillas' voice had a little bit more of a... Um, um, like a deepness to it, but he definitely the new singer definitely has some of the the traits that Frank Casillas has, like the um the hoo-hoo's and the the cha 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 chas that he does in between um yeah. singing as the yeah, yeah. Uh, um so this this album in a good way just brings back to like especially like the earlier albums of Voodoo Glow Skulls um there's a lot of horns in it. The um, the song like the the songs definitely have um, some speed behind them. Def- you know they definitely do play up their punk ska roots in this album. Um, I'm just waiting. I, I just was surprised I haven't seen anybody complaining that they've gotten political again because they have like one song, a couple songs talking about like everybody else talking about um, the pandemic and um, the unity song is another one just like. You know, why does everything have to be? You know, why do you why do other why do you always have to be right? Why can't you just uh, basically get along? Um, yeah. yeah. They they do the one thing that they do on they continue the trend that they do on every album where they have um, one song in Espanol. Um, <laughs> they um it's this one's called um, Pared de la Muerte. It's like basically the wall of death, which like, you know, when you go watch motorcycle stunt shows or anything like that, where the motorcycles are going around on the, the, you know, going up a wall, doing tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite 
of theirs of the Spanish songs is either is um it's an instrumental, but it's called Malas Palabras, which means a uh, either words are bad or bad words. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely um if if you're a fan of Voodoo Glow Skulls, I highly recommend this album. And if you're not, then you should be. You should go check them out. Um, it's a fun show. Um, so the the band the new singer his um his name is Ephraim Schultz. His nickname is The Bean. Uh, <laughs> is an American of Mexican descent singer best known for his work with Death by Stereo. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, even back in um, 2015, he's performing on stage. There's a picture of him on his Wikipedia performing on stage in 2015 wearing a shirt that says Fuck Nazis. So, you kind of already knew where you stood from the beginning. Uh, I know Frank. Um, he, I know the singer, original singer left. Uh, Frank George. Yeah. yeah. Because he is one of the Casillas brothers. Um, like, it was weird. Like all of a sudden, like, um, they posted on social media that like, basically that he's kind of acting weird, posting weird shit on social media, and so he's no longer part of the band. Um, but he does have his own uh, a band that at the time was a side band, but I guess now it's his um. Full band. Full band is called um, the Tiki Bandits, and so, um, but yeah, um, it's. I had it and I lost it. Um, how many songs? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's right. So it's eleven songs, about thirty-four minutes long. All the songs are about two to three minutes long. Definitely. Um, if you if you have streaming service, check out Voodoo Glow Skulls. If not, you can be old like me and buy them on buy iTunes. The wherever you buy music. <laughs> you can go down to your local music store. If there are any left, yes. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, the record label has one. Um, I had it and I lost it. Whatever. But yeah, you can you can also order from their website their music, both on vinyl and uh, CD, VoodooGhostColts.com. Yeah, is that place in um, over by UCR still open? No, they closed. The Mad Platter. Mm-hmm. No, they closed like like um like in February, I think. Ah. Uh. But, they, but the, the original version of it, Rhino Records, is still open. Okay. That's good. That's fair enough. Yeah, I don't know if the two the places in Toledo are still open. There was, a, there was a, like two music shops, but I'm not sure if they're still around. Doctor Strange Records, that's it. It was like the first record label to sign, uh, sign uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Yeah, oh, gotcha. They have a record store in uh like Fontana and they also ship doctor doctor drstrange.com fair enough fair enough so Sean I heard you had a fun day hanging out in vaults and breaking glass cause I had a fun day so yes Danny uh this past week was the launch of the new season or two I would say a week from Tuesday. Um, it was uh, the start of season of the Splicer. Um, uh, our old friend is back, and basically the Vex have came over, and for whatever reason, through their Vex simulations, have have uh, taken away the sign, so we are left in internal darkness, and everybody's grouchy. Um, then uh, I'm going to say is Mithrax. There you go. I said it right. <laughs> is, Mithrax. Uh, yeah, Mithrax from the House of the Light, which is a group of fallen um, that's actually trying to be good. Um, so that's an interesting storyline because a lot of people, a lot of the humans and guardians, don't trust the fallen. But this house is way different, and you know they're just trying to live, and they're not interested in fighting anymore. You know they. 
for whatever reason, they just more worship the the traveler versus you know trying to you know get get it back or anything. Um, you know, he uh, he could show us the way, but he cannot follow. Uh, they started a new um, public or a new uh, seasonal event that we get to use. Uh, you know, we go kill some simulations, go into an area, do a little jumping puzzle, and then do some ki more killing, and then boom, you're good. So it's um, I don't know. I feel like the overall story is kind of like meh like oh the vex took the sun oh no but i think it's more interesting about the interactions between you know the vandal and the house of light coming to the tower and the last city right like some of the stuff i've been reading on the destiny subreddit is there are people talking about how the like you're getting more um like lore from the um fallen in this than you ever you have in any other story even though it's not supposed to be a fallen story correct no you definitely get a lot more there's like a lot of different interactions and there the house of light scribe is like telling you about a lot of different things so it was like you learned a lot about the fallen very quickly um and in, in this one um so but other than that like Nothing's been, like, overly great in the new season yet. Um, as far as just the other th kind of things, I think we got some new weapons. I do like the new auto rifle. I forget what it's called. Um, but it shoots really fast. Um, does It does pretty well in PvP. I was playing it in, as well. So that part was pretty fun. Um, and I think, really, this whole season is putting all their eggs in one basket with the release of the Vault of Glass that came out yesterday, um, Saturday, May 22nd. So the Vault of Glass is a raid from Destiny 1 that came out. It was the very first raid. And for this season, they, they kind of, they brought it back. They reskinned it. It's got better graphics and stuff now. Um, but they also changed some of the general mechanics to make it a little bit more difficult uh, based off all the new weapon types and the new supers that we have. So what Bungie likes to do though is in the first 24 hours they like to set like a a uh, make like a hard mode and um, this because Vogue is already is a new raid to get the world first belt you had to beat the raid in the hard version and then you had to go through and beat the special version, which um, ever like I think it was like most of the encounters had a chat. You had to do the challenge, and if you didn't do the challenge, you wiped. So um, it was a very interesting uh, take on it. Most, uh, most again, most teams struggled to get through everything. Um, so the team I was on, we got to Templar and was stuck on Templar. Um, another group in our clan, they got to gatekeeper, so they got to basically one phase ahead of us. Um, and I was helping them a little bit late last night, but it was pretty tough um, with the new mechanics in the in the raid cap. So as of about an hour and a half ago at reset, um, we're past the 24 hours, so that game mode is back to the normal standard. So I would assume there's a lot more people going to be finishing the raid today because it just won't be as tough to beat. Um, they cap your level, and basically, so you're under-leveled in the fight. So not are you trying to learn mechanics, you're also fighting um, enemies that are a lot more beastly because they're just over, they're more higher level than you. Right. Um, I saw the thing that, like, um, uh, the people that make Destiny. Yeah, Bungie. Bungie. I was going to say Activision, but I'm like, it's no longer them. Um, they um, issued a statement that they're aware of a an exploit in the Vault of Glass, and that if people do it, they will be punished severely. Um, and that was uh, pushing somebody off an edge. I don't know if it was like the final boss or one of the champions or what, but there's a way to push somebody off an edge and that would not be tolerated. 
Yeah, it was. It's always supposed to be Templar and Atheon were the ones that you could push off the edge. I heard, I think it was Atheon, the final boss that you could blow, you could push off the edge. It was kind of funny because I watched um, a video that was posted in the clan. Um, a hunter used tether and tethered Atheon and a couple um, exploding harpies, and like he went from full health to no health, and he died. So, like, there's definitely um, some weird glitches out there. But, yeah, um, it sounds like somehow you could do it. I'm not sure how how you could do it. Obviously, um, they found it probably in testing. So, I'm sure it has something to do with stasis, though. It always has to deal with stasis. <laughs> and uh, warlocks and stasis. Because is, it's always it... warlocks with stasis and or. <laughs> True. I don't it's know like, what well, it Well, no, I got killed by a warlock. You must nerf them. And it's like, dude, we've already nerfed them enough. And it's like, I know, but I suck. But a hunt, warlock killed me, so it's not fair because warlocks are overpowered. At least that's what everybody keeps yeah. telling me. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I Somebody, they taught me the grenade trick in D1 before, way before uh, we were all playing. Um, how to do the warlock um, gatekeeper cheese. So that was fun. <laughs> just like spam your your you pop your super and then you just throw like unlimited grenades and it keeps like pushing them pushing them back because he would try to like run away from the damage so he would keep pushing back and back and then you'd fall off and die nice <laughs> um, yeah and one of the things like um I'm not, they seem to be doing this more is the the seasonal challenges that's a new thing right or am I just imagining things? Which one? Like the official, like the like how every week they release like eight or ten seasonal challenges. Yeah, that started um, the previous season. So basically, um, you have different things that go through that um, you have challenges each week, and it's supposed to be a way for you to um, earn extra experience and also earn. Um, you know, uh, bright dust and stuff. It is kind of a pain in the ass though, because there's certain things during that week that if you miss it, you have to wait till the next rotation to do it. So like, like, um, this week is iron banner week. Um, and there's a bat, one of the bounties is for iron banner. So if you don't complete it this week, you have to wait till iron banner comes back the following week. And, you know, at the end of the season, if you miss the last Iron Banner week, you can't do any of those challenges. So then you might not get a chance to get the, the three or 4,000 Bright Dust at the end of the season do, after doing all the challenges. Right. And then the other one is, the other problem, the one problem I have is a lot of it seems just to be a lot of, like, like some of them are kind of easy. Like, there's some that are, like, too easy to get, and then there's some that it's just, it seems like way too much repetitive grinding like the new one has the one where it's um get auto rifle kills in um the six man event oh yeah just they some of them are just really stupid and just like but then really like grindy. but then they also have the triumphs where you have to get um other kills like wearing doing uh, using other equipment and it's just like come on man like i don't have all the time in the world to do all of this so i guess if i get it it's cool but like I know I missed out on quite a few in the last season. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm I'm here, so I didn't die. Yeah. Or at least not any more than I already was inside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some tough ones. Like you're gonna have to grind and get the the um, fusion rifle skin on for Gambit, Crucible, and and uh, the Vanguard strikes. You know, you're gonna have to do Grandmaster strike. Um, I think there's last season there was a trials. You had to play like seven matches or something. So like you definitely have to do like a lot of different things, but everything is pretty doable though, but it is kind of a pain in the ass sometimes if you uh, have other things to do. Like if you want to like, I don't know, leave the house. (laughs) Yes. Only if you want to leave the house. And you don't, and you don't want to have a poop bucket. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> pretty much so um i don't know so this so far i think the season is uh it, i mean it just started two weeks i it sounds like there's going to be some 
quiet parts uh, in the next few months while we get to the end of the season. But um, I bought, I did buy Mass Effect uh, so I could replay that one. So I'll be, uh, I'll be good later on. But yeah, I'm excited to uh, get back into the vault. Um, I'll do some more. Um, I'll probably, I should hopefully be able to beat it today. Um, Mass Effect or the Volta Glass? I'm sorry. Volta, I... Volta Glass, not Mass Effect. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure that I heard you right. Because um, I'll be honest, I stopped listening to you for a second. I phased out. <laughs> not because heard... anything to you, but because like my mind just stopped working for a second. <laughs> uh, it happens. <laughs> like, I, I went radio silent. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that's it for today's show. Um, thank you, everybody, for sticking around. Uh, make sure you follow us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Podcast, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Hopefully, you're getting some good beer off Tavor while you're listening to the show. Or or hopefully, it's uh, enough entertainment while you're working and trying to be an adult. Yes. Because we are adults. Right? Right? <laughs> uh, pretty much. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.